As you uh, get your Bibles, we turn to Matthew chapter 28 with me. Matthew chapter 28. And it's always great to be in the Lord's house and start off a new year with God's people. And uh, I want to—I uh, do want to tell you, and and you probably may have heard, you probably saw, but even heard more. Uh, the one of the persons who uh, joined our faith family this morning was a guy by the name of Kyle Ray. Uh, Kyle has been visiting our church for some time now, went through the membership 101 class, and uh, uh, has came, came this morning in the early service to join the church. But uh, one thing that you may not know who Kyle Ray is, but you may have saw him come down, but you heard Kyle Ray today. Uh, Kyle Ray has an unbelievable talent to play bass guitar, and that sucker get down on a bass guitar. And uh, you saw him over here, man, he just, you know, I, it's all bass guitars. This is what they do, and it's kind of bass guitar gig and they do that but man he was just going to town and and uh, this morning uh, I knew he could play and 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 he'd been with uh Pastor Randy and talking about playing this kind of one instrument we had been really needing and and uh and so uh he, he talked to Pastor Randy I, and I, I never really heard him play and man this morning he's playing I look at Pastor Mass back there and and I looked at him I was like you play what is he doing on that guitar uh he's just getting down I just smile and like oh this is wonderful but I'm uh, thankful for him and man the Lord brings talent and, and something we needed and, and thankful um, and, and just to let you know, uh, this morning, um, uh, Riley Gant, many of you know the Gant family, Riley Gant, their youngest, uh, they have Troy and Riley, Riley Gant came this morning to profess Christ as the Lord and Savior, uh, and so we're thankful for that, we praise the Lord, and, and uh, we're just excited about what the Lord would do. Uh, I, I got a video this week from Todd, which is her dad, and uh, it was a video of Riley, and in that video, she just uh, was so excited and said, hey, Pastor Mike, this is Riley. I got saved today. I'll see you at church Sunday, and uh, I was so excited to get that, and I sent her a video back, of course, and uh, with uh, my kids in the background and, and just cheering her on and, and saying congratulations, and so, uh, man, what a, what a great thing that is. When we look towards this new year, last year we looked at the word faithful, and we looked at how God is faithful, not was, but He is. Uh, he was faithful in many areas of our life, but He is faithful today, amen? And, and He will be faithful. He will remain faithful in your life, and the reason for that is because He is faithful. That's who He is. That's God. He is a faithful God. And he will always remain faithful. Matter of fact, the Bible says when we are faithless, he is faithful. Uh, and so his faithfulness to you uh, doesn't, uh, is, is not hinged on whether you're faithful to him. Praise God for that. Amen? May the church say amen. His faithfulness to you is not hinged on whether or not you're faithful to him because there's going to be times where you're not faithful to him. But he'll remain faithful to you. And we preach that all year long this past year in 2019. And, and just because we may not preach on that every Sunday this coming year, it does not mean he won't be faithful. I pray that a whole year of God's faithfulness will carry over uh, in your life, and you will depend and trust in him. I've been praying. I've never been one to a pastor who uh, would uh, find a word for the year or a theme for the year. I know a lot of pastors that do that, churches that do that. Uh, I've never looked down on that. I just, that's just, I'm not as organized like that. I just, I don't know about me. I, that's, that's, that's not my strength. Um, and so uh, we did Faithful last year, and I thought, I don't know, what are we going to do this year? I, do we do that or just walk through a book together? Um, and the Lord just burdened my heart over the last couple months about some things, and, and, and I just really believe God's leading us in a certain direction. 
Um, and so there will be one word that we'll focus on all year long, uh, and, and we're going to start looking at that today and over the next month. We'll just kind of look at that word and what that word is and, and how we as a church, how we're going to go about being that word uh, and, and how you can take part in that. We're going to be sharing with you a lot of opportunities, a lot of things that are coming up, big things that are coming up that you can be involved in, you can take part in, uh, in uh, the life of this church. And man, we're, we're really excited about some opportunities that are coming up this year. Matter of fact, you're going to hear about one, uh, one of those in the coming weeks on the 26th. And so I hope you're here on the 26th, man. It's, it's going to be an amazing day. Uh, we're, gonna, we're starting a new partnership, and, and uh, you'll, find more, you'll find out more about that later, but uh, the 26th, that, it's just going to be a wonderful time. Well, uh, the word we're going to focus on this year is a very simple word, and that word is going. Going. It's an action word. It's a verb. It's something that you do, that we want to be going. And, and all throughout Scripture, you look at Old Testament, you look at New Testament, uh, there are people going all the time. Uh, they're going with the Scriptures. They're going in prayer. They're going through song. They're going to people. And, and so we're going to look at this word going all year long and then, and then provide opportunities for us to be going rather than just say it. We're going to provide opportunities to be going, to kind of put feet to our words. And so I hope you take part in that. I, I just, I, listen, I really believe uh, 2020 is going to be a monumental year. Uh, I just I believe that God's going to do some amazing things in the life of this church, and I'm praying for that, and I hope you are too. But let me tell you this. In order for God to do amazing things in the life of this church, he needs to do amazing things in you. If God's not doing amazing things in you, and you're not pursuing the Lord and pursuing his faithfulness and his kindness and pursuing his lordship over your life, he'll not, it's not going to happen in the church because you are the church, Right? We are the church. We're the body. And so if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 28, you know what's happening in Matthew 28. This is called the Great Commission. It ought to be the most well-known, most preached verses of the Bible for the church. Uh, what's happening in the Great Commission is Jesus has come to earth. We celebrated Christmas he spent his life pouring himself out to uh, 12 disciples, and even one of them went astray. Uh, sometimes it doesn't matter who your pastor is. What matters is your heart and, and uh, the direction you go. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. And so Jesus poured himself out to these 12 disciples, and, and you and I both know what happened. He went to the cross. He came to die for the sins of the world, went to the cross, paid the penalty for your sins and for my sins. And he was put into a borrowed tomb. Praise God, it was a borrowed tomb. He didn't own the tomb, it was borrowed. Three days later, he come out of the tomb in Victoria, uh, in a, a victorious way, and, and uh, now he spent some time with the believers for, many people say, about 30, 40 days. And then he's going to ascend back into heaven. And just before he does that, he has a moment with the disciples. Uh, there are people in this room, you've been bedside with someone who is, nearing death. They are about to draw their last breath. And you want to be near and close to hear what they have to say. The one thing left, they want to say, make sure you do this. Listen, I love you. I've, I've been bedside when that happens. I've been beside faith family members when they've lost a member of the family. And the last words they would say, listen, I love you. Hey, make sure you do this. 
Make sure you do this. And, and Christ is not dying. He's just ascending into heaven. He is departing physically from them, and he's sharing with them one last word of encouragement. And so we get the Great Commission. So if you found yourself in the Scriptures, if you will stand with me as we read that together, Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. Starting in verse 18, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in, in heaven and on earth. Why does he start with that? Because he wants them and you and I to know that whatever he says next, he is able to say it. And he has all authority to say it. And all authority comes with these words. Verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a, a commission from the Lord Jesus to the church. These are not just for these people, for the leaders of the church. It is for all believers, all Christ followers, a commission for you and for me that we would go make disciples of all nations. But know this, you cannot make a disciple if you do not go first. You cannot baptize unless you go First, there has to be this going in our life, a going in our churches today. The greatest part about that is not the commission, but the encouragement that comes with it, the authority that comes with it. At the end, he says, and remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So Christ is not sending us out all alone to be devoured. No, he is coming with us with encouragement and authority and strength. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the scriptures, for our time together. Lord, be exalted today. Be exalted in our time together. Lord, may you be the highlight of this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. As we focus on this word going, we look at the Great Commission. The Great Commission is a commission to be going, to go. The first words are go. This word go is, uh, there's an emphasis there. It is as you are going. There was this attitude of Christ towards these disciples that they're already going. And as you are going, baptize, make disciples, do amazing things. Problem with most churches today and most people, when I say churches, I mean people of the churches, is they're not already going. So that's why we're not seeing baptizing. That's, not, we're not, that's why we're not seeing uh, discipleship happening because we're not going. And so we must be going. So I want to share with you three things that I believe as we look towards this new year of why we ought to be going. Number one, very simple, we want to be a going church. We want to be a going church. In a going church, Ministry becomes the focus of our hearts and our minds rather than maintenance. A church that is going, and, and when I say going, I mean uh, going with the gospel, going with the message of Christ. The, that song the choir sings, there's no better message than that. I, it's a wonderful song. If you don't praise the Lord during that song, it's amazing because it shares the gospel it talks about who Christ is. Oh, praise him who he, he bore our sin and man, he, he saved us. We, was, we were blind, but now we see lost and now we are found. And that is what we are going with. And so we want to be a going church. And in a going church, ministry becomes the focus of our mind and our hearts rather than maintenance. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, maintenance is buildings, budgets, pews, things, 
uh, attitudes, uh, preferences, personal preferences. Church is not about those things. Church is for ministry, is for people. Say that with me. Ministry is for people. Ministry is for people. The church, a going church, their heart and minds are set on ministry, meaning we're set on people. We want to see people come to know the Lord. We want to see people get baptized, see people grow in grace and knowledge of who the Lord is. We want to see dads and moms and boys and girls follow Christ and walk faithfully with him. We want to see that. A going church is focused on ministry and not maintenance. A going church is a great commission church. A going church is a great commission church. Just what we read, a going church is doing the great commission. A going church is a great commission church. A going church is a biblical church. When the great commission is ignored, I believe Jesus is ignored. When we ignore the great commission in our lives, when we ignore the great commission in our churches, Jesus is ignored and therefore there is no need for us to even exist. I can tell you this, this community, this county and surrounding cities needs a going church. Do you believe that? We need a going church. Not only a going church, we need multiple going churches. I don't have to tell you this, that the days are getting darker by the hour. The days are getting evil by the second. The Bible says that'll happen. It doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. More suffering, more wars, more heartaches, more misery. But in the midst of that, what people need are not churches that are so stuck on personal preferences, song choices, air conditioning, pews, and buildings, and budgets. They need people that are worried about the gospel, people who need Jesus. That's what people need, amen? Man, they need Jesus. You better be thankful a church was a going church and came after you. Praise God for that. Praise God, some going person came to you and shared the gospel with you. A going church is a biblical church. This dark world needs going churches. They need going people. Who will go? The Bible says, who will answer the call to go? Who will we send? May we stand and say, God, send us. If no other church will be a sending church, East Taboga Baptist Church will be a going church. We will go. We will go wherever you send us, wherever you take us, wherever you lead us, we will go. We want to be a going church because a going church is interested in people. Ministry is for people. Church is for people. Number two, Dying churches are not going churches. Dying churches are not going churches. If we want to be a going church, that means we don't want to be a dying church. And I can tell you this with all sadness and sorrowful heart, there are a lot of dying churches. There are a lot of churches. When I say church, I, mean, I don't mean buildings and pews, I mean people. There are a lot of churches that are either plateauing, which is a nice word for stagnant. We live in the South. We know how bad stagnant water can get. Churches are stagnant, declining, they're dying, 
or they're dead. They've closed their doors. If we want to be a going church, we don't want to be a dying church. You're either living or you're dying. There is no in-between. There's no maintenance in this walk of life. You're either living or you're dying. Dying churches are not going churches. Listen, every church that has closed their doors, at some point, at one point, they stopped going. Every church that closed their doors for the last time, they met for the last time, every one of them, at some point, at some point in the life of that church, they stopped going. They stopped focusing on the, being a biblical church and a great commission church, and they started worrying about maintenance. Let's just worry about us. I'm going to heaven. I don't care about them. As long as I'm going to heaven, it doesn't matter to me. That attitude is the attitude of a dying church. And we don't want to be a dying church, do we? We want to be a going church. Every church that has closed their doors at some point, it didn't happen the week before either. It happened years before they closed their doors. Years it took for them to finally die, decay out. But every one of them, at some point, they quit going. They quit being a Great Commission church. They quit being a biblical church. They stopped going. They stopped going to the main gathering because life was happening and they would choose this over church or that over church and they would say, it's not a choice, I have to do it. Most things are a choice. They stopped going to the main gatherings. They stopped going to their friends, their friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors with the gospel. They stopped going to the nations, and here's why they stopped going, because they stopped going to the Lord. They stopped going to the Lord in prayer. They stopped going to the scriptures and Bible reading in their own personal quiet time with the Lord. Stop, uh, uh, dead churches, decaying churches are full of people who stopped going to the Lord. They stopped going to prayer. They stopped going to the scriptures. Why? How do you know that, preacher? Have you talked to every one of them? No. How do I know that? Because the Bible says to go. And if you read your Bible, you'll have to do what it says. And the Bible says to go, we need to be going. Amen. Now, we're not perfect in that. We're flawed in our going. We're stagnant in our going sometimes. It is estimated that 5,000, this is a rough number, 5,000 churches. I, I did research. I'm not just throwing this out there, okay? Some research I found even had larger numbers. I wasn't comfortable with that. So I'm estimating a little bit lower, I guess. It's estimated 5,000 churches close their door a year. 5,000. Estimated 1,000 new churches are started every year. So it's a difference of 4,000. 4,000 churches. With 4,000 churches that are de dying out and closing the doors for the last time every year, and yet the, 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 the statistics say that membership has drastically declined by millions, by millions. And the population of people have increased by millions. So the population has increased by millions. Churches and church attendance has decreased by millions. So we have a problem. What happened? We stopped going. We stopped going. 5,000 churches a year are closing their doors. They have all kind of reasons why. The main reason is they stopped going. They said, well, somebody else will go. Listen to this. 
if, if you don't agree with this, um, well, it's not going to bother me that much, but you can email me and we'll talk about it. I'll tell you how you're wrong, but uh, <laughs> I'm being funny, but I'll, I'll tell you where I got it from. Listen to this. I need you to hear this. The United States now ranks third, the United States, states, <laughs> thinking about lunch, the United States now ranks third following China and India, and here we are, in the number of people who are not professing Christians. We are number what? Three. You have China, you have India. They got more people than they don't know what to do with. That's why. And then you have the United States, ranked number three, in the number of people who are not professing Christians. He goes on to say, in other words, the United States is becoming an ever-increasing unreached people group. At some point, they will send missionaries to us. You know why? Because we have stopped going. We are number three of all the countries in the world. Number three of the number of people who are not confessing as a Christian, as Christ's follower. Now, I know we live in the South Bible Belt. Everybody knows Jesus. They don't. They don't. And I know everybody thinks this is a Christian nation. We're not. We're not. Maybe 40, 50 years ago, things were a lot different. We're in a new age now. So we need to take off the blinders open our eyes, unlock our deaf ears to the fact that we are no longer treading in uh, Christian territory. We must be a going church. We must do something about that. We're number three of all the world, of the number of people who are not professing Christians. The number of Christians attending church faithfully have decreased, while the number of atheists and agnostics have risen. And there are tons of reasons why churches say they're dying. There's articles out there. They'll tell you why they're dying. They give all kinds of reasons of why they're dying. One of those is they're looking for the magic bullet pastor to come in and save the day. Oh, if we just, we just haven't had the right preacher. We just haven't had the right pastor. They're, these churches that are dying, they're, they're looking for that magic bullet that they can put in their little gun and shoot it. The magic bullet pastor to come in and save the day. Can I tell you this? There's no such thing as that. There's no such thing as a magic bullet pastor. I'm not one. I don't claim to be one. You know me to know this. I will boast in my weaknesses. That don't bother me at all. And you'll amen them. I mean, you know it. I don't mind that. There is no magic bullet pastor. Twelve disciples had the greatest pastor in all the world, and one turned away. One of them turned away. So it may not be the pastor. It may be you. We're looking for the magic bullet pastor to come in and save the day. Well, What's going to happen is, I've seen this over and over, pastor's going to come in with great excitement, you know, a lot of ideas, oh yeah, pastor, we're ready to move forward. He comes in, starts to move around, shake around a little bit, and then they stick their feet in the mud and say, we're not moving. 
That's your job. You go do everything. And I don't know why we're not growing. I don't know why we're not doing anything. That church down the road, they're growing. Man, they're seeing people get saved. We haven't seen anybody get saved in years. Why is that, preacher? I don't do well in those situations because I don't have a filter sometimes. And that filter don't work. And I just look at them and say, well, that's your fault. That's your fault. Are you going? When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Oh, no, preacher, I, I, I don't do that. My, that. That's not, no, 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 that's your job. No, no, no. I'm like, where's that say in the Bible? And you know what ends up happening? They chew him up and spit him out. And then you know what they say. They sit around a table and say, well, let's look for the next one. Churches grow not because of a pastor, but because of people like you. People like you who love the Lord who are going to their prayer closets every day and they're reading the scriptures and praying to God. They're going to their workplaces and their schools and their sporting events and they're telling people about Jesus. They're inviting people to the table of Christ. That's how churches grow. That's how people come to know the Lord, not from a pastor. You're the ministers, I'm the equipper. I equip you for the work of ministry. Does that eliminate me from going? Absolutely not. I cannot lead you where I am not going myself. And that's convicting, that's weighty for me. Often excuse is they refuse to see that they are sick. They don't even uh, acknowledge that they're sick. Uh, in his book, uh, Autopsy of a Deceased Church, is that it? Decaying Church, Deceased Church, something like that. Autopsy of a Deceased Church or Dying Church, I don't know what it's called, something like that. It's on my desk. It talks about this. They don't even see that they are sick, that... All the warning signs are there. Everything is there. And then they look and they say, well, we're fine. It's their fault. It's the five pastors we've had in the past. It's this person's fault. They don't want to change. They, don't, they fail to take responsibility. Their solutions are inwardly focused. And everything they do is to make them more comfortable. Here's, a, here's an excuse why churches die and decay out. They desire to return back to the good old days. When is that? When are the good old days? Sin's always been around. The good old days. I get what they're saying. It used to be a lot different. Some of you in this room, you grew up in a time where you went to school and they taught the Bible. You prayed. and You had guns in the parking lot, you know, like it wasn't a big deal. That seemed like a more simpler time and, uh, to you and for you, and uh, it meant something to go to church. We've lost that. What happened? I could tell you what happened. A lot of those same people, they did not carry over their faith to their children. And now uh, we have folks walking away by the thousands and millions. They want to go back to the good old days. Listen, I, don't, I have no desire to be a remember when church. No desire. I don't want to be a remember when church. We can make all the excuses in the world, but the great ex excuse is the one that these churches are not mentioning but one we will constantly mention is that they forgot the Great Commission. The reason why churches close their doors is because they forgot the Great Commission. And I'm telling you this, as East Aboga Baptist Church, we will not forget the Great Commission. We must not forget the Great Commission. We must not forget what Christ has called us to do. We must not forget the task that we've been commissioned with. And listen, if you have submitted your life to Christ, you automatically have submitted your life to His church and this Great Commission. 
If you are a follower of Christ here this morning, not only are you a Christian, but you have also been enlisted in fulfilling that great commission too. When you come down and profess Christ, as we have seen today, get baptized and join the church, that is you automatically enlisting in the Great Commission work. That you will be part of the Great Commission. You will be part of taking the Great Commission to the nations, to people across the street and around the world. Dying churches are not going churches. Number three, a going church is an obedient church. A going church is an obedient church. Jesus knew the only way for the church to advance and the kingdom to advance and penetrate every dot of darkness was if the church obeyed his commission to be goers. Christ knew this is why he gave us the commission. Christ knew. He, he, he wanted to make sure the disciples, guys, I need you to know this. Everything that I've taught you comes down to this. If you do not go, The kingdom will not advance. The church will not advance. You must go. The same thing is for you and for me. The only way for the church and the kingdom to advance, God has enlisted us and and we are allowed to help in this uh, commission of advancing the kingdom. Obedience to the Great Commission was the only model for church and kingdom growth and still is the only model for church and kingdom growth. And praise be to God, he's enlisted you and I to be a part of it. That's amazing. He's enlisted you and me. We are plan A to reach the world for the gospel. We are plan A to do the Great Commission, to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. I've been burdened by this. We don't want to be a, we want to be a going church and dying churches are not going churches. You, uh, I wish you could hear conversations, uh, well, not all conversations I have, but um, some of them. Uh, out and about, I have people, uh, where you go to church? This happened just the other day. Uh, I never tell people I'm the pastor, because uh, I, I never know what you've said about me, so I just, that's not the reason, I just, I just rather them know me for me, and like, you know, I just, you know, I tell them, I, that don't, I mean, being the pastor, that don't, I mean, I'm thankful, and I appreciate it, but that don't, I don't, I'm the preacher, I'm the pastor there, you know, I'm the lead pastor there, you know, you know that, right? No, I don't do that, I'm Mike, that, that's just me, um, and, and people will say, uh, I'll tell them where I go to church, and I'll offer a lot of great things about that church, now, you know, I joke, that's what I don't, don't, don't believe everything you hear, you know, you just didn't hear it all, I just joke with them, and I, I, I trust them too, because I've heard a lot of great things about this church too, I've been a part of a lot of great things of this church, And then one of the things they'll say is, man, you guys are growing like crazy. Hey, you guys have grown over the years. Man, God's just doing a lot of great things. Man, things are going well. They're going great. This happened just the other day. And some of you have had that same conversation with people. They find out where you go to church, and they'll tell you, man, you guys are getting knocking it out of the park. I hear you guys are growing like crazy. It's happening. I had another pastor tell someone else, and I had to pull the guy aside and say, man, don't say that. That's not true. Not all the way true. He, we were in a, a group this weeks ago. I introduced myself to someone. I didn't know this person, and I knew the other guy. And he said, hey, he's at East Boga, Man, they're killing it out there. They're knocking it out of the park. And I'm like, man, don't say that. And let me tell you why. Over the last uh, probably five or six years, this church has seen some amazing growth. 
the Lord has, I mean, and look, I, you don't have to tell me. I know it's in spite of me. I, I, I know that. Like, I get that. And I'm okay with that. I'm not intimidated by that. But the Lord has just been so gracious to East Boca. And God has just saw fit to have his hand upon this church. And there are countless testimonies in this room of people who felt like they were in a wilderness for a while. And they were able to come here, man, and just find rest and be able to serve the Lord like they want to, like they feel like God is leading them to do, because they weren't able to do that. God has given us great growth in numbers. Uh, years, two, three years ago, we felt like we needed to go to two services because uh, all statistics say once you're 80% full capacity, you will not grow any more than that. I didn't believe that, by the way. I didn't believe that until we went about a year and we did not grow anymore. And then I thought, you know what, maybe that's true. So we went to two services. We've been two services for a couple, three years now. Over the last four, five, six years, God has increased our budget. This year, you approved a $673,000 budget. And there's a bunch of change in there, but $673,000 budget. It's the highest budget ever. It's amazing. This little old country church in East Oboke, Alabama, uh, of a budget. And I believe it's going to go up even more after this year. Even after all of that, let me show you my burden. This is just from my heart, okay? We've been in two services for two, three years. We've seen some growth in both services. But over the past year, year and a half, I believe we've gotten a little bit stagnant. A little bit stagnant. To the point of, you know, you think, golly, where is there? You know, we... We should be growing even more just steadily. Not fast growth. I'm not worried about that. But when you've got this many people, you think more people, there should be more baptism, more salvation, more growing, all that, because more people are going. But it felt like over the last year, maybe year and a half, we've kind of been in a little stagnant moment. Maybe not have seen as much growth as I would uh, desire. And, and, and look, we don't have to grow at whatever desire I think. It's whatever the Lord wants for us, and, and we'll be satisfied with that. Some might even say, well, I think we can go back to one service. I can tell you this, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. From this morning's service to this, we would not fit. Praise God for that. I mean, I'm still thankful for that, right? Like, we wouldn't fit. But here's the deal. I pray that us as a church, over the next couple months, and man, you, you get involved in some of these things, you start pursuing some of these things that we're putting forth, that two services would not be enough to hold everybody. Well, what does that mean for us? Well, that means we go to three services. I don't know how all that works, but we'll figure it out. All I say this is I pray we have to do it, don't you? Because that means more people are hearing the gospel, more people are coming and honoring the Lord, more people are being baptized and discipled. A going church is an obedient church, and we need to be obedient. We need to be obedient to the Lord. Listen, by not obeying, the great commission becomes what I like to call the great omission. If we don't obey the great commission and go, then it becomes the great omission in our life. And just as the great commission is the only model for kingdom and church growth, the great omission is the only model for church death and decay. The great omission. Listen, if, dying, if a dying church is not a going church, I need you to hear me say this. 
if a dying church is not a going church, then a dying Christian is not a going Christian. Maybe the reason you don't feel, quote, feel alive like you once did is because you are not going yourself. You are not a going Christian. If this is the great commission, then wouldn't you think by doing it and obeying it would make you feel great? I say that. I'm not saying people, they're dying Christians because we're alive. Christ has made us alive. But I equate it to a dying church. A dying church is a stagnant church. They're not really going forward, going back. It's kind of hanging out right here. They're content right where they are. They're not pursuing the Lord, not pursuing the things of God. They're not walking in obedience. They're just hanging out. Oh, yeah, they'll come to church. They, they take part in some activities, but that's it. They have no real great excitement in their life, no great joy for the Lord. They're stagnant or they're dying. And the reason why most churches are not going churches is because it's full of people who are dying. You are stagnant in your faith. You're stagnant in our walk with the Lord. We're stagnant in our uh, relationship with Him. There was at one time in your life, you felt an excitement. You had just got saved. You felt an excitement. You were excited about the things of God, excited about church, excited about family, excited about the Bible and prayer, and all of that was wonderful. But then you quit. You stopped reading, stopped praying, and stopped going as much as you used to, and now you don't feel, feel that anymore. Well, don't rely on your emotions too much. They'll drive you crazy. They'll drive you nuts. Don't, don't go off of some of that. But what I can tell you this, maybe the reason you're not going is because you're not doing. You need to be a doing person. I told the early service this morning, we need a church full of people that are human doings, not human beings. Most churches today are full of human beings. They're just being. They're not doing anything. They're just human beings. It looks great when you span out because we've got two services and pews are filling up. We don't need human beings. We need human doers, doings, meaning we are going with the gospel. You saw the video with the chair. In that chair represents people in your life that need the gospel. You saw all kind of examples that who could be in that chair for you. What they need is a human doing, not a human being for them. They need you to be a going Christian. They need you to be a goer and a doer and not just a beer in their life. They got plenty of those. They got plenty of them. But what they need is you bringing the light of the gospel to their life. If a going church is an obedient church, then an obedient church is made up of people who are, who are being obedient. My question for you is, are you being obedient? Listen, don't be the reason this body of believers is brought down to a stagnant and dying state because it starts with one, and then it carries over to another, and then another, and then another. Don't be the reason this body of believers is brought down to a stagnant or dying state because you know how that happens. People start to think, well, I'm sure other folks are going. I'm sure they'll, other folks will go. This is a big church, big congregation. I'm sure other people are doing the D-Life uh, training. I'm sure other people are going out and visiting people. I'm sure other folks are sharing the gospel. So I really don't have to. That's not true. That's not true. Yes, they may be doing that, but what about you? Are you satisfied with living a disobedient life to the Lord? Are you satisfied with living this disobedient life and decaying in your own faith? 
We don't obey for the church's sake or for yours. We obey for the Lord's sake because he has been faithful to us. He has been good to us. Therefore, I want to obey him. So join me this year as we become a going church. We'll share more about different ways how you can join in, uh, join us in going. But listen, we never want to look past our own pews. We recognize that even in our own pews, there are some people that need the gospel. Listen, the Great Commission doesn't start out there. The Great Commission starts in here. And we want to recognize that even in our own pews in our congregation, there are people here that you need the gospel. You need Christ. You need the Lord Jesus. And so I invite you to come to him. What about you? Do you know him? Do you know the Great Commission? Have you been saved? Do you know Christ? Have your sins been forgiven? Is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you going to heaven? Do you know? I mean, do you know? If not, I want to be a goer. And I want to tell you about Jesus. And that he died on the cross for your sins. So that if you would do what the Bible says, and that is repent and believe. That's all. Repent of your sins and believe upon Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says you will be saved. Repent and believe. That's it. I'll be down front. I know Pastor Matt, Pastor John will be down front. Listen, we'd love to talk with you about that. It's salvation in the early service. Wouldn't it be amazing to have another salvation in this service and more baptisms going? We'll keep the water in there. We'll drain it and fill it back up or clean it. It don't matter. I'd love to have a high water bill for that reason. We've had some high water bills, not for that reason, though. Do you know the Lord Jesus? Let me ask you this. There are people in this room. You're a follower of Christ. You know that. You love the Lord. You love Jesus. You've been saved. Somewhere along the way, you've kind of lost some of the excitement, some of that joy. You, you as I've described a dying church, you kind of think, that kind of describes me. I've stopped going, I've stopped doing, I've stopped going to the Word, I've stopped going to the prayer closet, the warrior room, uh, I've, I've stopped being involved, I've stopped some of this. Once you stop, start stopping, you'll stop going. And maybe you need to come to the Lord in repentance and say, Lord, forgive me for being disobedient. Forgive me for, the, for, uh, for me living out the great omission in our life rather than the great commission. Listen, let me tell you this. It's for all people, not just for some. It's for us all. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I pray that you would move in our hearts, work in our lives, that, that we would be doers, we would be human doings and not human beings, that we would be goers. God, help us to be a going church because there are people around, they need a going church. And Lord, I pray for people in this room this morning that, they need the gospel in their own life. They got in their heart, right where they're sitting, they, they would say they don't know the Lord Jesus. That they're not saved. But God, I pray that you would draw them unto salvation. Listen, if that's you, the Bible's very clear to repent and believe. That's it. That's it. They came to the Apostle Peter and said, how must we be saved? And all he said was, repent and believe. Repent upon your sins and believe upon Jesus Christ and trust in him for the forgiveness of your sins. That's all you have to do. You can do it right where you are. You come down front in just a moment. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you about that. Or maybe you're a believer, a Christ follower like me. 
who maybe some conviction may be coming over to your, over your heart and over your life and your mind, that maybe you've been more worried about maintenance in your own heart and, and less worried about ministry for other people around you, that you've not been a human doing, but you've been a human being, that you want to be a goer. I pray you would come and spend a moment with the Lord and seek repentance, that we've trusted in the great omission rather than the great commission. God, help us. And help us to be a church that is going. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you stand and sing with us?